This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 142. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am extra good today because I love the topic we're talking about. It involves yeah, shopping. I, mean, I have to love it. it. Yeah, I guess it is shopping in some ways. I mean, we're talking about something that is maybe kind of health art related, I guess is how you would say that, per- perhaps. I don't know. So introduce the topic here, Lisa. Let's switch it up a bit. Let's have you introduce the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are talking about ergonomic art setups. A lot of us have different problems. I know with me, with my arthritis in my wrist and my back and spine, I, I, am, I have to be very careful with how I sit. I know a lot of people do. It's something that we're asked all the time. What desks do we use? What chairs do we use? So today we're going to talk about some of those items, which means you get to shop. And that's the part that's always <laughs> exciting for me. Right. Now, and this this was uh, prompted by a lot of questions, but there's one in particular that I just want to read to you very quickly here. Penny writes, she says, what are some of the most ergonomic and comfortable ways to set up your workspace? I'm debating between a tilting art desk or a desktop easel. I don't know what kind of chair is best or how to set up my lighting. I would love to be able to experiment, but all these things are so expensive, and I'm looking for all the tips I can get before spending too much money. Thank Smart. you. Smart. It is. And and I, you know, I feel for you. I understand that quandary quite a bit because, yeah, you, you want to research, you want to find out, you know, exactly what's going on with a particular product and how it may, you know, work together with your entire uh, art studio setup. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of risky because as soon as you pull the trigger and you've purchased something, then you got to get everything else that goes along with that. And if you don't like it, then what do you do? So we'll have some suggestions here for you today. Now, one thing I want to throw out there before we get started is that everybody's health situation is going to be a little bit different, especially if you've got mm-hmm. back problems. I have ankylosing spondylitis, which I always say wrong. I probably did then too. But the form of arthritis- it sounds that, beautiful. Yes. Just, the form of arthritis that I have is going to put me under different French? requirements than somebody else. So don't, please, please, please do not take this as medical advice in any way. These are just tips that John and I have learned over the years that help us for our specific situations or students that we've had in the past that worked for them. So do your own research about any one of these things, but we can definitely give you some suggestions on the things that have helped us. Yeah. Now, and I also have some health issues as well and minor neck and uh, back related. And I suppose I'll probably have a surgery at some point in my life, but it will limit my range of motion. And I'm suspecting that if you're listening to this today, you may also have something going on. And so you're concerned about these things as well. And so we're going to sort of, uh, in some ways, you may feel like we're prancing around the topics uh, with regard to health or related to health, but we're really not. We're just trying, as Lisa kind of pointed out, we're just trying to point out some things to be aware of and to think about with 
uh, your desk, your chair, your lighting, your uh, and your overall ergonomic setup. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about desks for a moment. And I, I know Lisa and I kind of approach this in a, from different angles here a little bit. But one of the things that worked for me kind of early on is having an angled desk. It's an adjustable type of drafting table or desk where I can get that up to, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. It's not at a 90 degree angle, but it's, you know, less than that. But I like having that ability to angle that at any angle that I want. Although I'm thinking about just trying to use a desktop easel uh, instead. And my reasons for that is the classes that I'm going to be uh, teaching here uh, very quickly and workshops. My students are, I'm going to purchase uh, easels, desktop easels or drawing sketchboards for them. I need to be able to experience that really well myself before I start recommending that or being able to help somebody adjust to that kind of setup. That has worked really well for me, just having that angle, because here's one thing I know for sure. If you are drawing on a flat surface then you're going to have some drawing issues. You're going to have some perspective issues and some problems with that. You cannot get around that, you know, if you're drawing on a flat surface, unless you're suspended from the air and coming down <laughs> up on top of your drawing or something, you know, because or if of the your drawing angle, is very, you know. very small. If it's very tiny, yeah, and you can move it all around and, and um, you know, turn it upside down and whatnot, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I used to draw flat. I actually used to, if you look back at my old, old colored pencil, some of the colored pencil, graphite, charcoal videos, you could see there was so much shaking that the camera looked like it was moving constantly. It was actually because I was working on a TV tray. I would put a drawing oh, board on a TV tray and work down, and I was comfortable working that way until I started having back and neck problems. That was not helping. For me, I can't look down at all. And I really like the idea of the drawing tables, except for my specific situation, the ones that I was looking at, and I know you can find them, but the ones I was most attracted to did not go up to a 90 degree angle. I personally need to be at either at 90 or very, very close to it. If I look down at all, I'm going to end up in massive amounts of pain. And I think it's important with whatever health situations that you're running into, you need to figure out what's going to work for you. Because just because the drafting table didn't work for me doesn't mean it won't for you or won't even be better for you. Some people are going to be more comfortable if they stand when they're at an easel. I know of many people who work that way. Some people like me, I prefer to sit. But I think I would actually probably be more comfortable if I stood. I'm just too lazy, in all honesty. But the, the, those are just things that you want to keep in mind. Now, for me, I work at an easel. I work at – well, there's two things that I work at. Where I used to live, I didn't – never thought to actually set up at my easel. I'm not sure why. I had a small table that I worked at and I got this draft or a drawing table. It's kind of like an easel, but it's flat. It's got a flat board that you can either take your work directly to, work on it that way. Or what I did is I took my actual drawing boards that, that I would normally draw on, tape my work to that. I always tape my work down, but I would tape it to that. And then I would tape the board to the drawing easel board thing. Um, it's a sketching board, drawing board. I've seen it named several different things. We will have a link in the show notes. Make sure to check that out so you know what the heck I'm talking about. But it that one really worked well for me. And it wasn't totally at a 90 degree angle, but it was very, very close. And when I used to work on that, I sat uh, at a Pilates ball. So I was sitting up straight. I tried sitting at my normal, what I used to work at or sit at with my my 
desk chair. The problem that I had is it had a back on it and I tended to slouch and I was causing myself problems because of that. And we'll talk more about the balls later, but that was causing a problem for me. And so by adjusting the way I was sitting and, and working at that drafting tape or the, I guess, table easel, but not really an easel. Cause I know if you're thinking what I am, you're thinking like the H frame or the, the triangle right, tabletop right. easel. And that's not what, what we're talking about here. This one, again, it's a big board that kind of sits up. It's heavyweight. And what I did is I would put this contact paper underneath it. This way you can put it on furniture that might be prone to scratching because you are going to be adding a lot of, of pressure. You can put that, that mat underneath it. Just cut a piece of that. It's like a rubbery kind of contact paper. I, there's another name for it that I cannot think. John, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do. I'm, try, I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, we'll have here, to put a me... link in the show notes for that as well. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah, you put definitely. that under your work, it'll keep, or under the easel, no matter what type of tabletop easel you might go with, it'll protect the furniture. So not only is the easel now not sliding around, which is going to be better mm-hmm. for you there, it, it'll protect the paper from or the easel from scratching if you've got a wood table. Or in my case at the time, I was working on that fake wood, the laminate stuff. That stuff Mm -hmm. scrapes like crazy. And it never got scraped as long as I kept that mat underneath it. That worked out really, really well for me for many years. Now I use a big H-frame because I have an actual dedicated space. My big, huge, heavyweight H-frame, it sits on the, the floor and I just put my drawing board up against that. That's how I'm drawing now. And that one's nice because it's easier to adjust than anything else I've used. I can raise it higher or lower depending on the size that I'm working on. So I'm never ever in a position where, okay, I'm working at the bottom of the piece. So I have to look down or or bend over here. I can just raise the lip of the easel up quite a bit. So I'm at the absolute most perfect level. That one I think has been the best for me as far as how my back and neck handled it. The problem is it's big and it's heavy and it does take up a lot of space. So while it's the best in that sense, it's the worst as far as how much space it takes. The drawing tape, the easel that I set on the the drawing board thing on the table, that one folds up flat and can be stored so easily anywhere. So that one kind of wins as far as that goes if, if you're running into a situation where space is an issue for you. Now, another nice thing about the drafting table that we're talking about here is that it has the tempered glass on it. And so it can be a makeshift light table yes. for you. All you got to do is put you a light, you know, even a clamp light would work something underneath it. And you can adjust it, move that light around where you need it. So, you know, save you a little cabbage in that regard. Did um, you the just thing, say put you a little light? I might have. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Every you once in love a while, it. You're, you, you're like Southern, not accent, you but love your little the southern, terms. You love oh, the Southern terms. I do. Terms. I've got to point it out when you it do. happens because it's so entertaining. <laughs> I love it. So, so the other, <laughs> so the other thing, you can thank my mom for that. Or, no, actually, my dad. <laughs> my mom was Northern. <laughs> my dad was Southern. Anyway, so the other thing about it is what you could do, and this is something that actually works really well, and something I'm going to start doing again. I got away from it, but I had just a large stand-up easel that you can work at, you know, an H-frame type easel, I would stand up at and work on a particular project. And then when I got tired of doing that, I'd go back to my, my desk. Just having 
you know, something that is different than what you're doing, putting your body in a different angle and and moving around and just getting a little bit of movement in your day is so much yes. better than being static at a desk. Actually, that's one of the worst things you can do for your health is sitting all and the time. And no matter how perfect the position you're in, that's going to be a problem. You can set a timer. I like to right. set timers on my, I don't want to say it out loud because it'll wake her up. We'll call it the Echo, the Amazon Echo. Yeah, I can't say right. the real word, but you can set a yeah. timer, you know, remind Remind like me, real. Give, set a reminder for 15 minutes, set a reminder for yeah. 20 minutes, but set right. that reminder and at least get up and stretch, do a little walk. Um, yeah. I try to do it once an hour, get up and walk around my apartment build, like the, the, there's actually three buildings that I'll walk around and it takes about eight minutes. That, when I do that regularly, the difference in how my back and neck feels is incredible. Now everyone's going to be different. It, some people, their back doesn't handle well when they move or, you know, when they go walking. So again, you've got to figure out what's for you. Yes. But yeah, absolutely. But get on your little movement in your day, especially if you're an artist full time, um, you know, you'll start to look like one and you want to start <laughs> to have some exercise in, in your day. Now, the, and so the other thing is just piggybacking off that idea. I mean, you can set, you know, an alarm on your smartwatch or something. Maybe uh, just you know, download the Pomodoro timer on your phone if you want to do it that way or even on your desktop. And that works really well also. And you can just, you know, have it scheduled for, you know, when you're going to start and tell it how many breaks you want to put yeah. in there and that kind of thing. Because if you're like most of us, we get so intense and we get into our work. We don't want to stop. You know, we don't want any interruptions, even if it is good for us. But we need to do that. We have to think about our health and the longevity of, you know, what we're doing as our craft. It's amazing how quickly that time goes by, too. I'm having one of my biggest struggles right now are for my eyes and resting my eyes. I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've really got to start doing that with a timer. I think I am going to do that with my I can't say the word. I want to say it and I'm going to wake her up and then she's going to talk to all of us. And you can whisper it to us. <laughs> no, all right, she hears so. everything. <laughs> she the the echo will set the timer. But Yeah. Okay, let's talk for just a second then, Lisa, about the easel. I mean, we hinted at it a little bit, and we'll have a more complete description and a link for you over in the show notes. Just head on over to sharpenartist.com slash podcast. But what we're talking about with regard to the easel, that's something that's heavy enough, a large enough surface to work on with having your project right there in front of you, including, you know, your reference photo, uh, the paper that you're using, and and then anything else, maybe the clamp light or whatever. Um, we're talking about using this sketchboard or this drawing type of board, and it's large enough. It's It's got a, a little lip on it. Um, I think it's really, really nice. So if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, just head on over there. It's kind of hard to describe this over audio alone. There are some other ways of, you know, doing this or getting this set up on a tabletop like that. And what is the name of that other easel? I think we've talked about it in past shows, Lisa, the, the, um, the easel where it, it adjusts 360 degrees. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Isn't and it the clamps on to the. Expensive? I don't, I don't recall what the, what the price of it is, but yeah, I don't have that one. Yeah, but, neither do yeah, I. I don't have room for that one. The way it, to really utilize what that eat, that one can do, it moves so much. Well, if anybody has that, we, we'd love to hear about that. All right. So let's talk about chairs. There's a lot of different options, I guess, when it comes to chairs. You can get like maybe a drafting 
uh, type of chair. I've seen a lot of those where they don't have arms on them, but you know you don't really need the arms so much uh, as you do. You know, just just having that height on the chair. What are they like? Thirty six inches, I think, most of the time, and they're adjustable somewhat. But they've got you know the wheels, and then they've got a middle portion that has a spindle on it, so you have some kind of footrest that's available to you there. Those work really well, and it gives you you know some height there. And then if you get tired of being you know sitting there, the other thing you could do is you could hop off of there, slide it over to the side, and just stand there for a while. And if you have your you know if you have the oh, I can't remember what the name of these things are. I'll look that up and put it in the show notes as well. But there are some relatively inexpensive risers that you can put under your wheeled desk, under the the desk legs, and it'll just give it you know maybe six eight inches, at least be up to a comfortable position where you're able to stand there and work, you'll get a little more height. Yeah, what I actually had to do, I use a Pilates ball. I need something that's super squishy in order. I mean, even if I sit on a couch or something like that, which I can't, mm-hmm. I do best if I don't sit long term. The Pilates ball works well because I'm constantly moving. And again, that goes back to my back problem. I need to move as much as possible. But the Pilates ball has worked really, really well for me. I recommend if you're going to get one, research which size you need, which height for your height. For me, I use a 65 centimeter ball. Make sure also you want something that's going to be weighted. I can't stress that enough because every time you stand up, if it's not weighted, that thing will roll away. It is frustrating. I got one once thing, you know, no, it'll be fine. I liked the color better on that one. It'll be good. No, it wasn't. That had to go back. But make sure that you get it weighted. You want burst resistant too. So, you know, you don't want anything popping on you when you ending up getting hurt. But that what about just like a slow leak? Yeah, well, and that's what and basically start... what it does. You're not going to get injured when you do the anti-burst. Yeah. So that works really so well. But what happened for me? Getting smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> this ball, in order to have it at the right Sitting height for my ground. desk, my feet were too low, and I started having back pain again. So I ended up getting one of those things you use the workout step stool things. Um, they're not step stools; those little step boxes. What are they called? You'd think I'd research uh, like this before a... podcasting. But it's the ones you use for workout. It's just a step and you have little you yeah. know, things. It's a riser, basically. It's a, little a little stepper. Yeah. yeah. I put that in front of my Pilates ball and now I'm at a better height. So you may have to play around with it. If you get a ball and you're realizing, oh, this still isn't quite right or a chair, whatever chair you're using. That simple workout. I mean, it was cheap. It was under $20, but it raised it for, I'd say, three inches, three, four inches. And it made all, it didn't raise the chair. It, it gave me something to put my feet on. And that... That was great. But when I first moved from my where I used to live to my new place, I've got a built-in desk in this the studio. And the height of this desk where my keyboard went is different than what the pullout that I used to have for my old desk. It, it was just that little bit off and it was enough to start causing a lot of pain. So I had to, to do a few bits of adjustment where I had to put a riser for my my monitor and, you know, just little things here and there that I had to change. And those little things, as minor as they seemed, they made all the difference in the world in my back pain, just getting myself into the exact right position. And the funny thing is, this desk probably would have been fine for somebody else. But for me, for my height, for the, you know, the way I need to sit, it didn't work. So I put a riser under my monitor and then a, that workout step stool thing for, um, under my feet and, Instantly, I mean, the, seriously, I, I wish I could ex- like better express how big of a difference it made for me because it seems mm-hmm. so minor. And I went for weeks and weeks, I mean, probably months in pain, not thinking that that would really matter. And it did. That's that's kind of amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't have 
thought that that would have made that big of a difference. I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I am going to be starting to work in an actual space outside of my home. Instead of being inside my home at, at my art desk here and in my studio here, I've got a, a studio with a classroom attached to it. And I'm going to be purchasing some of these things that we're talking about. And one thing I'm kind of excited about is, I haven't tried it yet, I'm going to try it, is this, uh, it looks pretty cool, there's a lot of uh, reviews on it. It's a wobble stool. And it's, you know, this adjustable height. It looks like you're sitting on a pogo stick nearly, but it's got this rounded bottom on it. Then it's got just a pole, you know, and then a platform up on top. And that's what you're sitting on. So it's a stability perch. It's a standing kind of desk uh, option here, but you can sit down, you know, you have a sit down type of desk option with it, but you can use it as like at a standing desk. Um, I don't know. I'm going to try it out and see what I think about it. There's a lot of good reviews on it, so maybe it's worth uh, giving I'm really it a shot. interested to see. I'm looking at one right now. It's the one I, the one you have linked is not so pricey. This one is really pricey. But oh, I'm wondering if that would be good at my easel. That is. I always, every time we have, see, this is why I like when, whenever we talk about products, I get super excited because I find these things I'm certain I need to own. We're going to add this to my wish list. This thing looks pretty cool because it's got some kind of gripper. So I was wondering how this would work. So it really, you know, grips your patootie really well, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, this is this is pretty cool. I, I definitely yeah. am curious to see how you like it. Um, I've well, added yeah, one to my we'll wish see. list because that might be really cool at the easel itself because of the way I lean anyway. Mm -hmm. And another thing you guys want to keep in mind, no matter what type of chair you're using, I sit on a Pilates ball, I can still manage to slouch. I'm very skilled in slouching. Serious, expert level sloucher. So make sure, constantly be aware of your own posture. That will make a big difference too. One of the things yeah. that I had to do, I switched chairs I was sitting in and I had a tendency at the easel, I was slouching even there. So I got this thing for my back. It holds your shoulders back. It's kind of like a, a trainer type thing, this elastic I don't know, contraption that I put over my sweatshirt and it held my shoulders back for a while. That really helped to get me used to, to sitting that way. I was having when I, right after I moved to this apartment a few years ago, I was having a lot of problems. I mean, I actually did screw up my back and had to have a chiropractor fix that. But in the meantime, I was, I wore one of those and it really helped me get used to holding my shoulders back into sitting up and not slouching. So there are things like that. It's almost like a, so it's a kind of a brace. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll get a link so we can put that in the description as well. But that really, I didn't, I don't wear it now and I didn't have to wear it long, but it was enough to get me out of the habit of the slouching. I had gotten so bad at slouching. You. Yeah. I just yeah, had to get that's, used that's to neat. being aware of, hey, sit up. Hey, don't sit like that. All right. So, yeah, th I mean, there, those are some different options uh, for, you know, some sitting arrangements at your desk. And like I said, we'll have the links to these in the show notes. So quickly then, and to kind of summarize, I want to talk for just a moment then about, you know, just the position of your body and the overall health of you as the artist when you're, you know, executing and doing your craft. It's something that we have to keep in mind. Even as an office worker, if you have a day job or something and you're at, um, you know, a desk all the time, you you have to keep these things in mind. A lot of people don't think about especially if you're in your 20s or something, you don't think about it until you get to be my age and you think, wow, I wish, you know, when I was in my 20s that I would have taken a little bit better care of myself and thought about injury 
Um, so the things that are at risk are your neck, big time. You make sure that your monitor, you know, is at an eye level. Well, the same thing goes with your art project. If you're constantly bending the neck, this is why Lisa works at a 90 degree angle. I mean, if you're constantly moving that neck, you're straining it. You're put your, you, know, you have it at that bent angle. You're straining your neck, even though you feel like, you know, you're not feeling it right away. Uh, it's not good for you. Your eyes, looking at something up close all the time is not good for you. You have to rest your eyes and you have to set some kind of timer if you're not, you know, if it's something that you're uh, having trouble or difficulty remembering to do, you know, and just thinking about, then do that. Set a timer and remember to look out at a far distance. It's best to look out a window or something like that so that, you know, you're uh, resting your eyes in the proper way. You're looking at a distance, something in the distance, even if it's across, just across the room or something like that. You know what I but, started yeah. doing? I would, I put a TV in my studio. And when I really was having problems with that, because I sit so close mm. to my work as I, as I paint, I'm a little bit better now that I, I record the videos. You don't want my head in the way. So I've learned to back up a bit. But for years, I was so close that I was causing a lot of damage to my eyes. They were, my prescription was getting really bad, really fast. And so the doctor asked when I did. I told her and she goes, oh, yeah, you're not looking away enough. She said, you need to start looking yeah. across the room. So I found if yeah, I have a TV yeah. in the room because I work at night, work at looking out a window doesn't really work for my situation. Right, so I right. have a TV in the room and that constantly has me glancing at it. Even if I'm not really paying attention yeah. to the TV, put a movie on something I've seen a million times, Harry Potter, I can look right. at it and it just gives me that as quick as that is, it made it slowed down the yeah, progression that makes of my difference. eye deterioration or whatever yep so much and make sure yeah. you have a good light too that was yeah, another that thing that i was doing difference. i like to paint at night i like to paint in the dark i would paint by candlelight if that was convenient i love the mood that that sets but it's a mm -hmm. huge strain on your eyes get a good it daylight is. bulb there's one that i got from amazon a few months ago i've been using it now it is so adjustable on how the brightness and the way it moves and i absolutely love it we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well but it is so nice it was about 55 ish dollars so it was less than an alt light it was about it was less than half the cost that i paid for my alt light actually but i like it better and it that will make a big difference watch the strain you're putting on your eyes both in how close you're sitting to your easel how long you're drawing without looking away and what kind of lights you're using is that light isn't it led thin light or something um, do you know i just uh, it. those are really good if you're able to get uh yeah, the LED. proper kelvin okay yeah if it's an led and you and it's in the proper you know the proper uh, bulb type where you've you've got it in that daylight spectrum on the Kelvin scale, then that is a good way to go. Low energy consumption. Uh, you're not going to get burnt by it or anything like that. They're just the best yeah, lights possible hot. right can, now. Yeah. This one that I like so much too. It has these two prongs that stick out. You can have it going straight across. You know, just a straight line of light across your easel. You can have it to where it's in like a V shape because you can see better at a different. I mean, they're they're so adjustable in oh, a way wow. that no other light I've yeah. used was. And mine, That's I just cool. clamp it onto my easel if you're working at a table. Depending on the type of table you're at, you could clamp it on mm -hmm. there. They do have table lamps too. I'm using the clamp lamp light, but they have table ones as well. And oh my gosh, it is one of the best purchases I made last year. I am awesome. so in love with this. The only thing I don't love, the light is so good that it for it's blowing out the color i'm gonna have to balance my video camera because i'm finding my color accuracy on video oh. is not quite it's blowing yeah. washing out the color yeah um, so i've yeah. got to play with that a little bit but as far as what i can see oh my gosh i can see so much more clearly now even than the yeah. light was just because of the way that i can position this one over the light that i was previously oh that's using. really cool 
So uh, the other thing to keep in mind then with regard to your position of your body and uh, injury is your wrists and your arms. Generally speaking, you want your forearms to be at a parallel uh, angle to the floor. So you don't want and you want your wrists to be in that same angle as well. You don't you don't want to constantly be holding your arms up or holding them down a whole lot, but especially up. And then your wrists. That's a that's a really big deal. If you're someone who suffers with arthritis or carpal tunnel or something like that, you're just going to make that problem even worse if you're constantly, you know, bending the wrist or, you know, contorting, you know, your wrists or your forearms in these awkward positions all the time. So just keep that in mind. You can move your project, you know, think about that. Oh, I'm not going to move my wrist in this weird contorted angle. I'm going to move my project. I'm going to move it around to suit my body. So it's just something to to be aware of and to think about. Another thing, too, with the wrist, don't assume if you're having wrist pain that that means you should wear a wrist brace. Don't go out and buy an over-the-counter brace unless you've been told by your doctor you should. Make sure you get that diagnosis first because if you have carpal tunnel, they'll have you wear the brace. But if you've got arthritis, the brace can actually make it so much – and this is – I'm speaking from my own experience. It actually caused – because of the type of arthritis I have, it caused my my wrist and hand to fuse together. So I lost all range of motion in my right hand because I was wearing braces. And in my case, the doctor is actually just – assumed I had carpal tunnel and told me to wear them. Um, so I, unfortunately, in that case, was listening to the doctors until I found one that realized it was arthritis and, and showed me the exercises. Move that around. Do a lot of exercises with your wrist constantly, but don't assume that it's carpal tunnel and that you need a brace until you get an official diagnosis because you can actually make things far worse on yourself if it's the wrong thing for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there there are things that there's ways of determining is what I'm getting at. If it is carpal tunnel, I mean, they're able to go in there. I don't remember what the name of that is, but they, they use that electrode pronged deal that I don't really enjoy. I have carpal tunnel, so I had to go through that where they, they test by shooting some type of, uh, you know, uh, low electricity in your nerve endings and your arm and all that stuff. So not real pleasant, but I mean, it's a definite way to find out, you know, exactly what's going on. Some quick um, tips then for taking care of your wrists is to, you know, like for your right arm, you'll take uh, your hand and of your left hand and just bend your hand down so that your wrist is flexed down. And then you leave it there for about 10 seconds and then you do the opposite. You press your hand in an up position. So you're flexing the wrist both down and up in about 10 second intervals. And that uh, is a good way to flex your wrists and to keep them uh, flexible and uh, to exercise them. So, all right. And there are lots of videos, too. You can look up videos on YouTube for, you know, hand exercises, wrist exercises. Those are good to it for most of us. Those are going to be a really good thing to be doing on a fairly regular basis Absolutely. as we work. We just have to remember to do it. So set those timers so you don't forget. This is an important topic that we covered today, and it doesn't really relate to colored pencil per se, but we're about trying to help you and trying to make you as efficient as possible. So maybe you have a tip that you would love to share with us. Lisa is at Lockree on Twitter. I'm at Sharpened Artist. You can interact with us on Facebook in the Colored Pencil Podcast group. 
email us, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. You can always reach out to us by leaving us a voicemail. Uh, many don't know about this, but if you go over to the show notes page, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast, over on the right, there is a little recorder option uh, software, uh, Dealy Bob, that's a technical term. And you click on that and you can just record a voice memo on your computer. If you don't like that, you can record one on your phone and just email it to us. This is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.